further ado. Moore tells us that uh, someone one, once asked uh, Rabbi Rabbiullah Nossi of Enoa Kodosh, uh, the editor of the Mishnah, and really uh, the person that uh, preserved the Torah Shabbat They asked him, how come you're so great? So he answered, uh, he didn't say, uh, you know, well, uh, you know, I went to the Kola and Gris for NCSY. studied 20 hours a day, I'm sure he did. But rather he said, Pamachas Roisi as Rabbi Meir Meachora. I once saw the back of Rabbi Meir. He will Roisi befollow if I would have seen him head on. If I would have really seen his face. Roisi Mechadadei I would have been greater. So there's a concept of seeing Rabbi Meir Meachora. And uh, because of my age and uh, my experience in life, I still saw the back of Rabbi Meir. I saw European Jewry, something which you're not privileged to do. That's not to demean or diminish, God forbid, any of your teachers or anybody that you have seen or will see. But that's the progression. The progression of Torah is Niskatila Dorus. Generations diminish. So if you didn't see Rami Meir, I'm going to try at least to give you a picture of Rabbi Meir from the back. So I want to talk to you about uh, five, six people who rebuilt the Torah world and the Jewish world after the destruction of the Shabbat. Now, uh, you have to realize that uh, in 1946, 47, 48, the Jewish people were on the floor. Uh, ain't bias, I share ain't show mace. No family was whole. Everybody lost somebody, especially in the Ashkenazi, but even in the Sephardi world, in the Shoah. British controlled <coughs> Palestine. They set up a blockade so the Jews couldn't come here. In the United States, there was an emergency refugee program that let in 50,000 people, but there were over a quarter of a million Jews in DP camps in Europe, survivors of the Shoah that had literally nowhere to go. 
and here uh, there was a war going on, three-cornered war, mainly a four-cornered war. One war was against the British to drive them out of Eric's soil. I remember uh, the Punavision Road came to speak to us in uh, Chicago in 1946. And that was the time when the Irgun and the Lefty were fighting the British. And I remember he said a remarkable statement. And the British then arrested uh, six or seven of the leading members of Lefty. They hanged three of them. The Irgun captured two British sergeants and they hanged them. So the hanging stopped. And so he said to us, he said, you know, there are six Jews in prison in Jerusalem who are determined to drive the British out of Eretz Israel. And he said almost prophetically, they will drive them out. He said, if I had six Jews who were as determined to build a Torah community in Eretz Israel as these six Jews are determined to drive the British out of Eretz Israel, we would be able to build a Torah community in Eretz Israel. <coughs> but nobody thought it could be done. The truth is, nobody thought it could be done. I come from uh, seven generations of Rabboni. My children and grandchildren now was to make it nine generations now. Can I know her and her family? So uh, when I was uh, finishing the yeshiva, my father said to me, listen, I have no money and I have no business to put you into. You're going to have to make your own way in life. Something that should be moving forward today. <clears throat> we have not discovered the secret of marrying a rich man's daughter. So he said, uh, I want you to go to law school. Because he said, there's not going to be any Orthodox synagogues left. And I don't want you to be a conservative rabbi. So you go to law school. And we, we'll, we'll, uh, I got a scholarship to law school. I went to law school. I was a lawyer for nine years. <coughs> before I repented. But that was uh, on the old west side in Chicago. Uh, there were 42 Orthodox synagogues. 42. Major buildings. You go there today, it's Beirut. 
Out of the 42, only six survived. And only three survived as Orthodox synagogues. So no one had any hope. I went to public school. There was no Jewish school. And my famous story with Dr. Tversky, my friend. So he went to the yeshiva with me. He was always a genius. <coughs> an so we were once in an automobile, Tversky and I, and there were two uh, great Russian yeshiva in the automobile as well. So uh, Tversky always likes to stir the drink. Says to me, says Beryl, you know, you and I, we had a good secular education because we went to public school. We had a public school with good Irish spinster teachers, and they really taught you. So I said, yes, she, we went to public school. So one of the uh, Russian yeshiva turns around and he says to us in Yiddish, I also went to public school. But Tversky looks at him and said, well, if you say you went, you went. You know. The other one was the last person on earth that you would suspect of such a heresy. Said, uh, I also went to public school. So Tversky says to him, I don't believe you. He said, you don't believe me? I'm telling you, I went to public school. So Tversky says, prove it. Sing Silent Night, which is a Christmas carol which all of us know, because he went to public school, that's what he knew. So there was no Jewish school. My Zayda put me into the yeshiva when I was 11 years old. <coughs> the yeshiva then in Chicago, I had about 250 students. And that was the entire American Midwest, from Kansas City to uh, Ohio. And we had no hope. We really didn't think that anything was going to be. And we saw a few inspirational people that changed our mind. Which is really the secret. The secret of the Jewish survival is people. It's not institutions. If I can say another heresy, it's not even books. People. People matter. People are role models. People inspire others. You say it. Zos Torah shares so Moshe with Israel. The Torah is what Moshe gave us. You have to see Moshe. Torah is always transmitted through people. So no matter how great the internet will be, and no matter how many good uh, uh, recordings and films we will have, all of which are important, the bottom line is people. That's why this camp is so important. Because someone gets to see a person 
someone gets to see a person that is supposed to be representative of Torah values, of something more than the ordinary. That's what Rebbe meant when he said, I saw Rebbe. So, for instance, I saw my father-in-law, Rabbi Eliezer Levine, who was the road in Detroit for 60 years. But when he was young, he was an orphan when he was 11 years old, from father and mother. In Europe, in Eastern Europe, one of the jobs of the road was to take care of orphans. People left foundling babies on the doorstep of the road. Rukhain Brister was famous for it. Rukhain Soloveitchik. And he raised them, and he married them off, took care of them. So today we have institutions. <coughs> In Eastern Europe there were no institutions, there were only people. That was part of the job of the road. So his older sister took him when he was 11 years old and brought him to the Chafetz Chaim. And the Chafetz Chaim took him into the house. And he lived in the house of the Chafetz Chaim for four years before he went and lived in the yeshiva on his own. So he used to tell me, uh, he used to tell me the Chafetz Chaim stories that don't appear in Artsburg. And I think it's important to know them. Because the whole uh, beautiful fragrance of Torah, what a, what a human being is, something which is lost in our time almost. Uh, Trump says fake news, everything is fake today. What's real? But when you saw the Chavz you saw real. So he told me once, for instance, uh, I once was angry at something that happened. You know, when you're in a bonus, it's not hard to be angry. My father-in-law, who was uh, a greater rabbi than I, uh, I never saw him angry in my life. Even though I knew him uh, 40 years. So he once told me this story, which I then have used many times on myself, and which is a good thing for you to know too. He said the Chafetz Chaim was a Kohen. The Gemara says, Kahane Ras Kohen, my short temper. The trait. The uh, Jewish uh, joke is because they wash their hands no one ever gives them anything to eat. But whatever. The Gemara says that they're a they have, they have anger. 
So he said things used to happen in the house. Now, uh, again, uh, in the uh, sanitized biographies which exist, the Chofetz Chaim never got angry. Do you know anybody that never got angry? So if he never got angry, I could never be the Chofetz Chaim. He's an angel, he's not a human being. But my father had told me the Chofetz Chaim got angry. When he would get angry, he would break off the conversation and he'd walk into the corner of the room and he would talk to himself. And he would say, Israel Mayor, you're angry. It's going to help you. Anger is going to accomplish anything here. Israel Mayor, don't be a fool. Don't be angry. And he would talk himself out of it. And then he would go back and finish the conversation. And there was no anger anymore. That's the, to me, that story is worth millions. It's cheaper than an anger management course. Talk to yourself out of it. What it says called Koes, don't let shame love aloha. When you're angry, there's no God, there's nobody, there's no, not your wife, not your mother, not your father, nobody. So that's a lesson. It's a lesson from a person. You see a person who has a formula to control anger. My father have told me once it was Son Gedalia. So when the Chofetz Chaim had no official role in the yeshiva in Rodney. And the Tholi Trump was the Rosh Yeshiva. Uh, uh, the Hirsch Levinson, the Chofetz Chaim's son-in-law was there. He, by the way, is the major author in the Mishnah of Ura. And uh, he was around. He never wore the vivid garb. He wore the plain Polish peasant cap. The famous picture of the Chavitz that we have is not the Chavitz There's a story about that too. The Chavitz wanted to come there to Israel in 1923. Polish government, he wanted to get a passport. Get a passport, he wanted to, they, he had to take a picture, photograph. He didn't want to take the photograph. So he sent the shochet from Rodden to take his photograph. Because all the Chinese look alike. So the great picture, which is all over the world, is the shochet, the Rodden, that's left of the time. It's only Ray of Yase. So, uh, Tom Gedalia, he gets up, 
they start the Seder in the morning, gives a clap on the Stender, and he says, just for a minute, I want to make an announcement. He said, there's a little town three miles from here. The mikveh in that town is not in order. Needs repair. And the people in the town are not uh, fixing it very quickly. So out of that will come, God forbid, all sorts of problems. So he said, I'm looking for a volunteer that'll go Yom Kippur to this little town and speak to them that they should fix the mikveh right away. And he sat down. And then they all started learning, and you know, the Seder started. And after about a half hour, a booker came over to him to discuss a toastress. And they discussed the toastress for a few minutes. And then when the young man was satisfied, he started to walk away. Chavetz Chaim said, please, I want to talk to you. He said, yes, Rebbe. He said, did you hear the announcement that I made? He said, yes, I did. He said, maybe you'll go. He said, Rebbe, how can I go away from the yeshiva Yom Kippur? From the yeshiva Shadavnin? And go away to a small town where the Balabatim don't even care to fix the mikveh? The prophet Sayyid turned away from him. My father was an father-in-law was an eyewitness. He spat on the floor. He said, Pui on your tastes. Because you don't give a care about the Jewish people. Somebody has to care about the Jewish people. We are being destroyed internally, absolutely destroyed in our lives. And that's all we do is curse them. Which will accomplish nothing. Now that's not the popular view. But uh, but admirably, uh, Judaism has never been the popular view. To see what God is truth. The great Kotzker Rebbe said, Emes truth is the only value that is 100 or nothing. If something is 99% true, it's a lie. You can say the person is 99% charitable, be 99% good, he's 99% industrious. Yeah, you say he's 99% true, he's not true. And the post says, of Emesio Redarko, truth always finds its way. We have to care for the Jewish people. We have to be committed like the six guys that were in jail. 
I knew the Sapper Road of Yewish. That was the road in Miami Beach. So the Sapper Road used to come for the winter. I had Sapper seat in, in my shoe. So they already were modern, but they still were the Sapper seated. And uh, one of them had a mansion on the, uh, on the water. And he moved out of his mansion and gave it over to the Rosapna Road and his retinue. And he moved into the servants' quarters for the three months. Now, there was a tradition. Traditions are so important that they get lost. The tradition is if you came to a town, you went to visit the road of the town out of respect. And it didn't make any difference who the road was. So the soccer road came to visit me. I didn't have a beard then. I didn't wear black suits. It was pretty cool. <laughs> and here the Rebbe comes to see me. <coughs> we had a wonderful conversation. Since after the Shoah, see, you don't confuse politics with anything else. He was a holy man. He had a light bulb in his face. His face shone. Never saw a face like that. <clears throat> and he befriended me when he didn't have to. There was going to be no gain for him. But he literally befriended me. I'll give you an example. We, uh, I had built a mikveh in the shul. I built a Mayan mikveh. But it was it was wonderful. We were, so the Hasidim came down in the winter and they said, they, they were, oh, the mikveh, the mikveh is no good. You're going to lose it. Who's building the mikveh? It's Yungach. They haven't got a beard. Doesn't speak Hungarian. How could it be good? The Sapmirov, the first morning that he came to Miami Beach, went and was Tovel in the mikveh. And that ended the whole story. He didn't say a word. But <coughs> he told me his uh, He said when he was 18 years old, he became the Roman crawler. So town in Romania. So the. Uh, Custom then was that when a road came, the new road came to town, all of the shochtim came and they showed their knives to the road. And he had to like approve them again. So when he said that he was 18 years old, the shochtim are in their 60s, they've been shochtim 50 years. So uh, in our generation, we think that chickens come out of the freezer. Uh, 
none of the women that you are married to or are going to marry know how to cash or a chicken. I come from a generation where every house had boards and water. And you bought the chicken and you brought it to the rub and the whole, all gone. Now, I'm not saying we should go back to it. But I just want you to realize the difference in what a Jewish home was. Jewish home, you started preparing for Shabbos on Tuesday. That's when you got the chicken. Took you all day to clean it. Wednesday, you brought it to the rug for final inspection. And then you had to soak it and salt it and soak it again. And then you can deal with the chicken. And I, as a rub, still had women that brought me chickens to look at. I don't think that exists today anywhere. Anyway, so he said, they all showed him their knives. The last one, he said, was an old shochet. The old shochet looked at him and he said, listen, I don't want to be disrespectful. He said, but you should know I'm a shokhet 50 years since I was a teenager. I know the holier day of my heart. I have seen everything that can be seen. Nevertheless, the halacha says that every 30 days I have to review all the laws of shkita, even though I know them. So he said, you know, why doesn't the Rav have to review the halachas of a Sefer Torah so that when there's a shaila of a Sefer Torah, whether it's postal or not, whether the letter is good or no good, he doesn't know what to do. He said, that's what the Shochet asked. He said, that night, he stood up all night and he reviewed the halachas of the Sefer Torah. And that Shabbos, there was a Shaila on the Sefer Torah in Shul. And he knew what to answer. Tells me this story. So I took the hint. I also, well, I'm not the Sapparon, but I also reviewed the halachas. And the Kachab that, you know, the through the and with that Shabbos, there was a Shabbos. And I knew what to do. And people were impressed. <clears throat> Better than the sermon. So I learned a lot from him. He had a great sense of humor. From the time of the Shoah onwards, he never slept in a bed. He would sit in a big chair, and sometimes in the middle of conversation, he would doze off. And then he would rouse himself two or three minutes later and continue the conversation with nothing happened. But you have to be aware of that. I 
old to say, people will come through for a brook. And uh, his shamans, his gabai, had the number on his arm. <coughs> gift of the German bride. And he would say to them, what are you asking me for a brother? Go ask. The Jew has a number on his arm and he still puts on film in the morning. Go ahead and ask him for a brother. <coughs> so these were enormously great people. I knew him as of very well, even though I wasn't a student of his. But I was at the OU, so I would visit him in his apartment in the Morgenstern dormitory. Also, was very kind to me, very kind. So I remember I had one incident where uh, El Al then was not Shomer Shabbos. It was before Begin. So El Al used to get the meals, which were under OU supervision. He used to get them on Shabbos to load the plane so that they could fly right away in Matsuri Shabbos. We discovered that. So we said that the caterer, the OU caterer, could not begin any <coughs> deliveries until at least 45 minutes after Steve. Well, all hell broke loose. I got calls from members of the Israeli cabinet. I mean, you would think it's, you know, the end of the world. You're enforcing the body. And in America, they put pressure. And the Balabatim, the uh, Kosher's Commission, was willing to cave in. So, in as a desperation measure, I said, listen, I don't want to take the responsibility. We have Rabbi Salomachik, who's the head of the a department of the RCA, and we'll ask him whatever he says, we'll do. Okay. I didn't know where my salivation got. Uh, three days later, I get a call, pick up the phone, he said, this is salivation. Really, look at it. He said, uh, I uh, spoke to El Al, and I spoke to the Minister of Transportation. You want to know what I told them? I said, yes, Rabbi. But I told them, if you were Swiss Air, I would find you a hatter. But for El Al, there's no hatter. And that ended it. So I was once in his uh, apartment, and he had two uh, professors from Columbia. Uh, uh, Salvage was an expert on the German philosopher Immanuel Kant. 
bio Platonic uh, philosophy, whatever. I don't understand a word. And uh, then you went and learned it, you know. They were talking about Platonic. And I'm a fly on the wall. I'm waiting for the professors to leave. I've got to ask them something. And they get up and they shake hands and they leave and he walks into the door. And, uh, and I yet to know Rabbi Salavich, he had an impish, almost a childlike quality to him, of innocence. But he was like mischievous. So he looks at me and he says, I want you to know Rabbi Vine. He says, the whole conversation is not worth one line of the thesis. And that puts your head back on straight. Kant is Kant, and Hegel is Hegel. It's not worth one line of the thesis. It's not worth being a time. So somehow we have to communicate that to people. You have to make people feel that they're special. Being Jewish is special. Asheinu matol kalkeinu manoim goraleinu mayotu yushaseinu. Look who we are. Look what we've built. Look what happened to us in the last 70 years. Is there another story in world history like this? Did anybody revive a language? Is anybody speaking Latin today or Greek or Sanskrit? Did anybody ever come back? There are no comebacks in history. Britain will never have Hong Kong again. We're special. The Lord made us special. If you don't feel you're special, so you got UNESCO that'll make you feel special. <laughs> it's also a weapon of God. It's not accidental in the world. You want to be the Cholagoyim base Israel? You want to be like everybody else? I'll show you that you want to be like everybody else. I'm not going to let you be like everybody else. So if we can communicate that, even to one person, and that's my task in life. How I make a living is something else, but what my task in life is, and that's only done through people. And that's the advantage that you have and the generation that you have to deal with. On one hand, it's a great generation. On the other hand, it's a very difficult one. But we are up to the challenge. We've been through all of this before. We've been down this road. We all saw this movie once before. I mean, on a lighter note that I'm going to conclude, just so that you realize where I'm coming from. When we were in the yeshiva, so we were all poor, literally poor. 
to reward the same time from our bar mitzvah to our wedding. And we wore the same hat from the bar mitzvah to the wedding. Nobody had any money. But we didn't feel poor because everybody was poor, so we didn't feel it. You only feel poor when your neighbor has a Lexus. Well, I should say a Ferrari today. I my, my son-in-law's shoe. The parking lot has got $50 million worth of cars in it. So, uh, Five of us geniuses decided to go out with girls then because we were going to get married. So we pooled our resources and bought one good tie. Countess Mara tie, 25 hours. And we arranged our social life so the tie would be available. Only issues you guys can understand the machinations of such a mind. So my caboose went out with a girl one Saturday night, and Sunday morning we had an early six o'clock in the morning we learned we should not drive. And I saw he was a little downcast. So I said to him, What happened? He said, She told me she went out with this tie once before. <laughs> <laughs> So we've all gone out with this time once before. I want you to know that. Everything is new, but everything is old. And what we know from the old will help us deal with the new. Okay, I'm told that uh, even though you're all sufficiently intimidated, you may have questions. So I'm on the way. I think right now Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you.